0: Second breath is your second
1: breath. Uh, uh, the it's other one, the reason why I like this is because the Guai ren There's no good of people Social in yeah. They understand his right. 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 life and is not innocent. Innocent. 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade presents Deep Dive with 25. Hi everyone, welcome back to Deep Dive with 25. I, of course, am Bob and with me is DJ. DJ, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing really good. And uh, what we're doing here, and I'm glad to hear that staying healthy is important for both of us, for everybody. But uh, what we're doing here today is we're rounding down the deep dive of 25s, uh, introspective look to, of course, of the East main book that is. As promised before, uh, we're uh, well, we're going to finish out with the disciplines, right? That's the good stuff. This is going to be the less boring aspect of it, I'd say. I actually think, and I'm going to say to DJ, had a lot of fun with this. I didn't see this boring whatsoever. In fact, a lot of it is somewhat. uh, I'd say enlightening, if not insightful.
0: Oh, definitely. It's been a lot of fun to be able to speak about this. And as we continue down the way, both Bob and I, you know, rereading it and taking a look at it, have found like more profound things that we didn't capture the first five times we read through it. But we keep seeing everything every more. And I think that's the that's the beauty of a book. The more you keep reading, the more insight you get from it.
1: I like you said the first five times we went through it, because even after I've read this book a couple times, there's a little section in three for a loop before we dive into disciplines. You pointed out to me, DJ, um, of so you may wonder. How is it that these groups of Kwaizhen get along so well? Like, what, what binds them together? What keeps them saying in-house and family? Where does that come from, that rumor? DJ, can you shed some light on that? Sure. So you're probably saying to yourself, once again,
0: how does a person who's a devil tiger end up hanging out with a resplendent crane and they both just don't uh, go to war at one point or another? And that's because whenever you was created, they're blessed by a Mandarin and mystically bound by what is known as the Guanxi. Now, what the Guanxi is is the Western equivalent of it would be what a Sabbat pack has in terms of a Viniculum. Um, It's a mystical binding. Everyone has it. And what's very elegant about this is that unlike a Viniculum, where everyone just rolls d D10, just kind of figure out where on the scale up and down you kind of go, this actually works off of the relationship, not only as you as a character, but how you feel towards someone else and how you project yourself. Um, What I found very elegant was actually the mechanic about it. So I'll read this one little blurb line. The links among you are represented by ratings called, once again, the guanxi. The guanxi ratings are established through a repro- uh, repro- recipro- reciprocity, I'm sorry, folks, tongue-tied there, in which the Quajan Elder casts newly established Wu. You have a guanxi rating of base five, your Wu-mate's charisma, which is very important because obviously if you're putting in points, that, that person must be a charmer, they must be a reason why you want to go ahead and cleave on to them. And you subtract either your Po or your Yin, whichever's higher, which automatically represents um any type of negative or antisocial behavior that you might have and that pretty much sets your that sets your standard i think that's so much more elegant than the viniculum is and i think that would be another reason as to why you'd be able to kind of bond a little bit closer there with your with your packmate or your woo in this case bob how how would you view it from western standard versus what you're reading here what you see here
1: it's tough because i'm still a fan of the valdery uh, for the explanation and it gives instead of a number Uh, But on here, this takes into into consideration the actual charisma of the person you're you're attracted to, right? So if somebody is a really good talker and smooth, well, shouldn't you like them better than somebody who is not? And this this enhances that. But this says it's a mystical binding thing as well. I'm not sure where your Po or your Yin is going to affect it. That part confuses me, as if you don't want to have this attraction or whatever. But I'm assuming, again, it's just a mechanic to make it more interesting. That it does do. Right. It's curious as to why that would add up. But then we have a rating of like what, one through 10 or whatever magical thing that's going to be. It doesn't ever go up or down. Now, I find that interesting because this is where we get back to the old, uh, uh, the old golden rules, right? The obligation, the sense of it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It does make it easier, though, I will say, in management. Just think about it. Viniculum can go up or down. You know, you can botch in a ritual role. You're always paying attention to everybody in your group and where it's at. This is like starting off, this is what it is till it isn't. That simple. Also, I'll ask this question in advance. This is at the time you join the Wu. So if DJ just is a doorknob when we meet up and then score <laughs> is what it is, this doesn't say it gets recast and boosted higher. Doesn't matter how much charisma class he goes to. right? It's just gonna state where it was when I met him. Now it's entirely possible we join a different Wu, different Mandarin, more Guanxi, right? That's how it goes. The other aspect is this is not Quan Chi from Mortal Kombat, right? No, it guy? is. It is it's, definitely I, not Quan Chi. It is not a. a dem-
0: it might be, but you know what? He he's not he's not a demonic sorcerer. At least in this case, he's at least trying to get people together.
1: It's interesting, right? Because uh, I often wonder how things link in terms of entertainment. And uh, I kept I, I read this. You know, we were looking at it today. He kept saying it, and I'm like, "Why is this messing with me?" And I was like, "Because Mortal Kombat has a dude similar sounding." It's interesting. Interesting for me my ignorance though i will keep this going we're going to roll right into uh the po archetypes and uh to this end uh what the po is is that little demon that comes with you right one might say your inner self or is it what's the po dj the po once again is that uh the irrational portion of you it's the subconscious
0: it's the thing that uh, for wraith players would be your shadow and in this case it's just or in the case of vampires western ones you'd probably think of it as your beast now it's a combination of both if not even worse it's very cunning as we were mentioning before and with the poe types, what you're taking a look there is another elegant design in terms of how you'd be able to kind of have that opposing nature to you so to speak um, when it activates itself of course is when you lose that rational mind and what it does is it gives you good role-playing tips as to or someone who's managing your poe because it could be someone kind of playing your shadow um, how you would play them out And it makes them very dynamic. And I guess we could start off with the bandit. Um, So the bandit, what the bandit does is it mentions that um, it's the ultimate expression of selfishness. Because if there is an obligation that you do have, and especially knowing uh, what you are as a Quagian and trying to fulfill those obligations, the bandit is more about just saying, nope, I don't feel like I want to go ahead and follow this for the most part because I want what I want. And here's what we're going to go ahead and do. It's pretty scary as it is, especially if it turns against you. And when everyone else is counting upon you, you choose not to do so. That's bad news bears. Uh, whereas the barbarian, um, the Poe rejects the truest nature of your decadent ways. Or rather, it rejects your true nature for decadent ways. At that point, the, the, the Poe is a monster incarnate in terms of just being straight instinct. This would probably be the closest thing that you would probably see in the form of the traditional beast as we know it. Uh, the deceiver lies in treachery. It revels in it one of the cool parts about that um
1: the four let's let's hold on one second though i think the most important aspect well not the most i think a very important aspect of each of these is not just what they role play it's the conditions for takeover right yes that is true that is true dark so for everything let's take it back a uh, step to the beginning right we talked about the the bandit and so where the bandit may be this uh kind of destructive force It's basically, the it says here the Mannequin forced a shadow nature role whenever anyone seeks to order the Kwai-Jin to do anything or tries to put the character in his proper place. What this is saying is, inside of every Kwai-Jin, when you select this as players, when you go through this, this is not picking a random sort of thing for it. It's built the concept, right? You're, You're deciding that in you is this entity, this type of Po, that when you were in Hell, And you were not yourself, we'll say. This is what came to the fore. This is your survival instincts. If your lizard brain had a personality, here it is. And this is what helped you survive. And there are certain conditions that hit that the Poe tries to take over. Because it knows that, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You think you're intelligent, free, and fine. But it knows it's survival. And that's all that it knows. So for the Bandit, for instance, whenever you try to put it in its place, it's going to buck you. That's when it's going to try to kick through and control itself and then wreak havoc. Because that's what worked for you. That's what does work for you. And that's very telling because in this society, it's about going up, right? Ascending, getting higher, and kind of not only perfecting oneself, improving upon oneself to go beyond this base nature uh, that the Poe forces you in. But you will never get rid of your Poe is the important thing. Um you mentioned a couple others, D. j. and before we just read the laundry list of them let's let's not do that. Let's look at your favorite,
0: my favorite uh, my favorite is actually um the legalist. I think the legalist is probably my favorite there um, yeah? because i'm I'm a big fan of uh the resplendent cranes, and even if I wasn't playing a resplendent crane and someone's trying to escape it, the legalist is there for you. Um, just the first line alone for how it described it. The legalist Poe has no tolerance for deviation from the celestial the celestially ordained order of things. And um when it does take over, you know, it forces a shadow of nature out of you every time uh, it is shown disrespect by an inferior. Uh <laughs> I, I thought that was, with the Poe being one to exactly define what constitutes as inferior. So once again, kind of like in that resplendent crane mentality. It chooses how to interpret the law. Um, it, I, I thought that was really cool. I think that's one of my favorites just because it, it offers you that like I want to play carefree and it's like no you don't somewhere in the back of the head. You could still hear your parents telling you you need to do this the right way except this time it's your book.
1: I have to admit I typically only have one or two that I really like out of a section like natures and demeanors are usually hard for me uh, based on concept because some stuff just seems boring to play like the director nature always has thrown me off in vampire. Uh, but uh because that's all i have to say and we won't open that door i was about dead we won't not here we are talking about Kendra of these so uh when it comes to these though you keep saying the word elegant i think the poe archetypes were written very elegant very for very much design what attracted me was like the demon they're already demons don't they mean a rampaging monster going through destroying anything and whatever and sort of right this is right here uh the demon seeks to devour all. Anything weaker than the Huaijin is its prey, and anything stronger is a force that can be uh, consumed through treachery. Right? This is not uh, this is not something that's rolling through and just fire and brimstone all the time. It's a thinker. It's something that's going to uh,
2: take every opportunity it can uh, to make uh, to make itself stronger. And indeed, that's what its uh, condition for takeover is.
1: Why this is cool? How many times, DJ, do you think a player? did something you felt their character off their concept would have seized the day on, but they ignore it because of, there's a friend at the table many 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 times now you may be thinking yourself bob why would you want to screw a play over it's not screwing over not at all it's an opportunity for more depth more entertainment think about it if you're if you take the demon as a Poe arch type and you're like man when i when i go at it and lose control my character's going to be the terror blah blah blah, blah. all right but now you're sitting in front of talking to your roommates, everything's fine, everything's cool, and you hear how one of them, who is not uh, as rich as you are, but has, is in danger of being uh, more uh, wealthy than you, no matter what it is, whether they're about to win the lotto or came into some inheritance, you hear they have trouble with the law. It's going to cost them a lot of money, or they stumble and there's an opportunity. This demon has a chance of completely taking over, and it's not that you slather mouth and turn 12 feet tall and whatever. It's not a frenzy. It's just a personality shift. Right? So in the middle of that conversation, so if you'd be like, yeah, that's cool. It's cool. It's nice to see you. what you're doing tonight. That's great. And then it's just, oh no, what happened? What do you mean that you're in trouble with that? oh, I, I know the best lawyers I have the very best lawyers. Of course I do. Don't you? Let me give you a number of my guy. He'll give you a fair wage, a positive to work out for you in the end. And then I turn around and start dialing up that lawyer, telling him like, you know, you want to throw this case. Whatever he's paying you, I'll double it to lose. Take the hit, you know what I mean? Like just make it cost him as much as you possibly can. For no other reason than my pose nature is to be this demon. And I'm trying to ruin everything about him. Now, why that's interesting that the player gets to play it, because this doesn't mean the takeover happens and DJ's my ST, DJ now is playing as this demon. Doesn't mean that at all. It means the conditions for takeover are obvious and they're agreed upon and we know when I should be playing as what. What this does is it gives a feel at the table that though you're Kwaizhen, though you're in the same Wu, though you've taken Nguan
2: Chi, there's still an element of distrust, right? Mm-hmm. Y- you'll never know. You never know who you're dealing with is any up
1: and up for you, or it's against you, or it's just for themselves strictly. And why I love that is that they there's rules and obligations and things that say, we will be together to get along. However, we cannot ignore our inner natures. And everybody, everybody is trying to beat back these, this, this Poe. And because of that, this game is like one of my favorites. And just that interpersonal fun element uh, they give to the character. Because it's not a game of screw your neighbor. It's a game of tame yourself.
2: Yes, Tie your own, tie your own hands mm-hmm. to be better. That's the fun for me. But I'm saying that with the legalist. I'm, I'm terribly curious. When when you do that di- condition for takeover, how would
1: you change the personality? Like, do you have a tip? Because I'm looking at this, this is a legalist, may force a shadow nature role anytime the Cathayan is shown disrespect by an inferior, as you said, right? Alright, so that means anytime you're insulted by someone you think is lesser. How does your personality shift, and how do you do that? I think I think, and I'm sorry for pausing there, only because I see the
0: scene unfolding in my head, but I think the way it turns out is because there is that level of obligation that kind of happens in the background. There's that level of subtlety, of nuance, of of trying not to seem rude to everyone. That legalist would probably be in that segment where he breaks the norm. He breaks the, the ability to remain subtle about his things. He'll be that guy who slams his fist on the table and becomes completely ruthless at that moment and be like, you know what? Maybe you should leave this room and he would probably rebuke vocally or physically just to prove his position, right? Whether it means verbally lashing out and making that person feel less than even though he's actually embarrassing himself by having, you know, broken this, this particular type of etiquette protocol um, and, or just make everyone fear him so that they never have to cross
1: him again. I kind of led you with that because I I feel exactly the same way that that the legalist seems to be the common one that you see in, in animes or uh some japanese film uh films where they showcase the samurai and they're maintaining man right they're maintaining face mm-hmm. and as they're sitting there one of them gets drunk in public or does something disrespectful or there's there's something on a line or they carry an opinion it's opposite of their uh, of their oyuban or the shogun or whoever they're they're in front of at the moment and one of the random samurais is like they usually make some noise right where it's like oh yeah you know, they shout something and you're not certain if they were speaking or they were just yelling. And then they begin breaking them down, much like you said. You know, how dare you speak in such a way in front of everyone? How do, you know, and they usually do that. And I was like, that's that's cool because it's giving you the cue to do it when and why.
2: And I think that's a that's a hidden element other times. They have fun ones, too. The monkey is the funnest one. <laughs> the monkey's awesome.
1: Like, the monkey just seems to be raw mischief. It says any time that a player would be uh, sees a chance for a diversion or that may distract the chain from their uh, appointed goal, uh, that's, that's when this is going to try to take over. <laughs> if Ooh, shiny. Yes, of course, shiny. And then this is the person that in the middle of their big speech where they're telling everybody what's going on, um, they decide that, oh, yeah, I did want to go over there and play some basketball. I forgot about that. Excuse me. What did he just say? What is he doing? What I want to do, start shooting hoops for a little bit. No matter like what is going on right now. This <laughs> you were you just set up this meeting. It took you two weeks to do it. What's going on? The Poe working against itself is what's going on, right? We're, well, the Poe working against the Hun, which is the whole point, and because uh, the Poe wants to be back in control, right? It was, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's the whole point of this, and uh, that I think is is a much more entertaining
2: mechanic than your humanity just dropping where the humanity scale is cool morality is always fun this seems to be a funner element to me
1: totally
0: um. agreed uh, totally totally agreed and i think um especially when it comes to dealing with these whole archetypes and once again these are just archetypes folks as you get more clever about it or there's something else you want to try out by all means feel free to go ahead and do so but for what's currently written in the book these are, are really 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 solid it gives you a nuance to your character and the cool part about that is like if you're just building a character but you're not exactly sure where your character's coming from um, just building it using these archetypes already starts putting the stories in your head. You can start seeing where your character at one point, like the monkey, maybe the pressures of, of responsibility of getting those reports in is a thing. And maybe that's just the reason why you ended up dying in the first place was you you were probably even late to your own funeral. You know, you had reports, you had to go ahead and fill at the office, but every other time your friends go like, hey, why don't you just come over and let's go drink or let's go play some video games? You know, that monkey poe inside of you was like, hey, let's just go do that instead. And it just followed you into the-, uh, the Monkey. The,
2: it just monkey, you. Needs <laughs> the monkey, monkey needs fun monkey needs
1: fun that's it monkey fun that's who exactly does that like it. that exactly it ah, ah, ah. sorry i just i wanted to go be a monkey right now that would be a lot of fun banana and swinging from the rafters always fun but anyway it's like i just had to throw that out there i just see that so vividly and they have an awesome drawing of a monkey in the in the book too they it do. makes it a lot more serious too because you think comical then you see it and you're like uh, this is like uh was it The Shining with the weird
2: symbol monkey? Kind of feels like that. Anyway, <laughs> i definitely went off the the rails there. Let's talk disciplines. Now I know we said we we're gonna talk
1: about. It. We did it. We're here. We're finally here. I gotta warn you. I have never seen a more powerful array in characters' hands of of powers or of diversity or of strange than these uh, Cathayan disciplines.
2: What do you think, DJ?
0: I remember reading this the first time and going like these powers are crazy. They they don't even scale anywhere near what you've seen in, in the regular vampire, you know, the masquerade. It's just it, it threw me for a loop. And then I was like, Well, how do, how would I play this then? Where's my where's my protein? Where's my ag? Where where's all this happening? And then you start recognizing that the power levels are not only incredibly awesome, but there's a nuance to them because it fits the theme and it fits it so well that um, I'm actually excited about it.
1: And I want to talk about this. we really all disciplines. We'll, we'll leave it here, though, for everyone. Recently, I was involved in a conversation where a player said something that triggered me. I didn't think that would happen. Normally, I'm open, just talking disciplines, whatever. It wasn't in what they were saying. The conversation started. Don't you feel that the powers are a little too linear? Like, shouldn't we have more options? What if I don't feel like taking a certain level of powers in, in favor of another one that I could think of? And immediately, my brain was like, what, why play the game? Like, what are you here for? And I said, no, it's not their fault. There is a natural method. Everybody goes through this when you go right. Th- Whenever you get a game book back in the day, DG, did you not go right to the discipline section? It was a thing. I was a Cambro too. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. If you were investing in the book, you quickly go to see what you could do that is otherworldly and just oh so good. Then you went back and digested the culture and everything else you're supposed to get. Right? You took your medicine after you had your fun, and that's typically how it goes. Now, here's the trick, though. Why it triggered me is because I had thought that many people, after so many years, since the, the first book came out, they got it. They got the fact that the disciplines are just descriptors, that the mechanics are only there solely so we can have an agreed-upon system of randomness when we need that random decision to tell us what direction the story goes, right, or what, what outcome in action is, or if we can even do something, right? That element of random is needed for certain outcomes. That's why you have mechanics at all. Otherwise. You wouldn't have levels of vicissitude, right? You just wouldn't. It would just say, hey, you can manipulate flesh, (laughs) have fun, show us what you can do, right? At the same time, they wanted to give you a flavor, why they put levels in there, so you had an idea of what you could do with it, right? They had to define these general ideas, and there had to be a progression they showed you. However, you, the player, are always free to live a little right, and play around with those powers at the levels they're introduced at and see what you can do that doesn't go above the mark you're at, i.e., instead of looking at it as level one gets me only this, look at it as level one. All right, I understand what this power is about. My character's learning more. Is there any any other way I could use my aspects or whatever at this level to broaden my horizons or do something cool with it? Other than just as they said in the book, and the answer is yes, you're encouraged to. They want you to. The book was designed for you to do that. Is to give you an idea of up to what you've learned you can do to that point, but anything less you could. For instance, it is pointed out the fact that let's say you have level three at right? This is V20. You're able to look like any person you want to, right? That's fine. Um, but in the discussion of it, and it's the same discussion we had uh, uh, with uh, my friend here, it was, uh, why couldn't you look like some drapes? You're in a house, and instead of you looking like a person, you want to look like drapes real quick. Right, that that would fit the scene better. It virtually makes you invisible, right? It's a lesser version of unseen. Well, it's a little better than unseen presence because it tricks the person into believing you're just a group of drapes, or they mistook where you're at in the room, or however you want to describe it. We're playing with the narrative at that point. But the real state, we can move, and they did see us, but can overlook us, or will overlook us because I look like X, Y, and Z. And I said to myself, we're splitting hairs at that point, but we're also trying to paint a scene.
2: That's have fun why not right um as an st dj do you see any problem with that no well like uh especially as a
0: storyteller you should have no problems with it because it's all about telling the story and sometimes once again I, I think for any book that's also written right is that the book is there just as a guideline to begin with it's the authors had an idea and they put it in your hands but your idea goes further so while they gave you the template it's up to you to go ahead and, and make the game what you want it to be as well right depending on the aspect you take but as a storyteller, use that creative license to work with your players to make that happen, and you know, as it,
1: as it comes along. Step up, you know, book is the guide, not the rule. And uh, at that point, back to Jin and Kindred of the East, these disciplines sing exactly what I was talking about. Where I once looked at them and said, these are way more powerful than uh, it's because they're written with imagination. The imagination is engaged here. You feel more open. It's a different culture. It's a different way of writing. It's a different way of coming at you. And it seems so much more powerful, right? Let me steal one. We'll jump ahead real quick. There is a demon power that's in this book. It's literally Demon Shinte, is what they refer to it as, but it's called the Black Wind. Now, first off, other than being the coolest freaking name for a discipline that's ever been named, Black Wind is badass. But all it really is is celerity. It's fearsome speed and savagery gained from the demon directly. Their description is all about fury empowering the vessel. That they learn to channel and harness that rage when they were unleashed back in the day or whenever they do unleash and they hyper-focus it to work for them rather than against them. And that's where they give their speed. But that is a better description than me telling you I'm supernaturally fast. Is it not? Oh, it definitely is. It's like, where do you get it? Everyone's seen someone so pissed that they've just, they just shook or they lashed out and hit something or did something like that. Imagine if they didn't, you didn't get that shake. There was, it was ice in the veins, right? But you could see the it, look in their eye or whatever it was. But when they chose to unleash, it was fast and it was violent. And that is what is triggered when they use the descriptor for Blackwind. I enjoy that. It was so much cooler to read about that than anything else. But then, because the demon arts are really cool and I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to split it with DJ. Talk to me, DJ about the demon Shinte In fact, what is Shintai?
0: The Shintai as it's being described, right, uh, is the following. This also applies to not only demon Shintai, but the Shintai disciplines we'll get to is pretty much the, the way that they described it in the book. And I, I have to agree with it is it's souped up version or an alternate version of what Western kindred would see as either protein or vicissitude. It's the mastery of your body um to a certain degree the demon sh- the demon shintai is the mastering of what i guess westerners would probably take a look for in the form of the the horrid or zulu form for what the have in which the demon manifests itself and bubbles up to the surface and everything that you thought about if you thought that the demon behind the pupils of looking at that person who has the ability to tap into the black wind um was something then you ain't seen nothing yet when they start manifesting themselves, when their maw starts to grow, when half their body starts to grow more appendages or claws start to come out. Um, and they start looking like true oni, for lack of a better term, true demons in the most like real way to describe it. And that's what the shintei does. It's it's
1: it's savage. I mean, they're talking about that one moment. This person is normal and standing there. But the next they mystically warp and their flesh responds uh, could be in a flash as they become these. 12 foot, 13 foot tall ogres, right? Wielding these metallic, hellish metal tetsubos, which are giant, basically, clubs. Um, more stylized, though, I might add. Um, warrior weapons that they're able to smash through objects easily or through your head, which is probably ideal for what that person wants to do. They review, they bring hell to earth in physical form. It's, it's way worse than visit, or Zulu shape or whatever. It's something that, um, Not to knock resistitude. I'm not saying this is necessarily better, but this gives you more options and thus is better. Follow me? Because this says here that the person who chooses uh, this power is actually picking what their demon does look like, which I think is awesome. And we're not talking about that you're just picking well, he has blue eyes. I think he'll have, you know, he'll be a little taller. It's no. You're going to pick, does he have horns? Does he have scales? And the scales give you the ability to soak fire damage and uh, the horns are able to ram through objects and walls. They each give you a manifestation of not only appearance, but also of what power it does. What benefit that demon does get for having what it has. That that's terrifying. That means when you're dealing with um you're dealing with a mild old grandmother who just went through a, a lavish tea ceremony. She's in her kimono best and uh, very polite in a restaurant, sat down, uh you were able to talk to your woo and you're able to deal with the Kinjin just before, you know, laughing as they leave uh, because they still don't understand that you're never going to make a deal with them. You're polite with them until they got exhausted and stopped trying, and you allowed them to leave. They're not getting their docs back. Well, as you're chuckling, uh, the little grandma's there to actually punish you because you were never supposed to talk to them in the first place. In fact, your Wu was told specifically not to. And you didn't know that this is actually a guardian, somebody that another Wu, the one that you belong to uh, in terms of uh, obedience, um, sent to monitor what happens it was to punish you the moment the Genjin left so she explodes right into this monstrous form whatever it is it Has extra limbs that are claws uh muscle chitin like insect flesh just erupts on her who knows right she can go through and pick each individual thing that makes her terrifying but then still has an elegance to her feeling maybe her poe nature more might even play more to that archetype which which can get dangerous because if she's the monkey and in that form, and she's there to punish you. Well, all her interests are going to be in your torment. This becomes fu- something far more than I took some dots and some demon stuff. You know what I mean? And that's and it and it adds to itself. That's what I like about it. Uh, whereas, what's also you ju- cool. Oh, what 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 I was saying was uh,
0: what's also interesting about this is like we started off right out the bat because obviously this is one of the coolest things to talk about is the demon arts. But the thing about the demon arts are, and I think what makes it really interesting. Every time you summon a demon, art, whether it's like tapping into the black wind, <clears throat> because you are dealing with the demon inside and or trying to release the demon. You have to make that frenzy check, for lack of a better term. You have to see whether or not that demon even takes you over because now you're bargaining with it. And I think that's one of the coolest things to go ahead and work with mechanically because it puts you in check. It's like if you were a werewolf and you're like, well, I could pop crinos anytime I want to. And I'm going to go ahead and be Billy Badass, start clawing everything all over the place. None, nay, nah, nay, nah, 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 Not in this case. You truck with the devil. You pay it respect or it tries taking it from you. So there's always a chance that as you start, you know, going into all these like crazy powers that are within your demon arts that you could lose and that Poe will take over. And now you just unleashed this crazy form that you're not even in control of. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Uh, It's more than cool. It makes you uh, it makes you try to deal with quite a bit of understanding what these guys could do. It's it's pretty frightening, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because remember, the Poe has its own abilities as well, right? And, you know, we went over that a while ago, but the, you know, just the fact that remember their berserk rage is a thing, right? That, that rage is its own benefit. And just think of it, you losing it and then having access to the demon arts, even
2: in that frenzy makes you such hell it's an advantage, such an advantage. And, um, that's not the only one they have. <laughs> that is not the only, uh, tools in the toolbox, as they say, they do not, they have more way more.
1: Because we we're on Shinte, let's not dwindle too far away from it to explain the fact that uh, Shinte means God body, right? That's the way to look at this. And in it, all the Shinte are supposed to be, um, in their title anyway, they'll tell you. Uh, it's different things that you can manipulate and turn into, like demon Shinte or demon Godbody, if you don't look at it that way, is about pulling on the aspects of demon to manifest for you. Blood Shinte is the same way. And uh, of the Shinte, Blood Shinte is the one that I think is a little more gross.
2: Really? Uh, for, for obvious reasons. I don't know. It just kind of grossed me out thinking, thinking of a lot of what he could do. And, uh, well, you're probably
1: going to say Flesh Shente was that, right? Yeah. Flesh Shente was probably the one that that got me the grossest if I had to go
0: down that route. That one freaked me out.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, I, I could see it. It's just, I don't know, it hits me and it feels when I think of, uh, I always like to think I'm that kindred uh, from the West. And I'm, I'm visiting, and I come in here, and I'm about to get into an altercation, and my buddy gets attacked, and his blood stops, right? He was going to go, he's a badass to me, so he was going to escape. He goes to go do something. Typically, it's blood form, and he goes down the sewer drain, I'm left at a clean house. And I watch as he can't do a thing. And it looks like he's sick, right? Like, it's just the flow stops. He's just kind of stumbling around. What's going on? What happened to him? Meanwhile, there's uh, Kidra He's still finishing her tea. She wasn't done with the conversation. And for some reason, it just, oh, that's just, what would that feel like? Right. That's what I'm thinking of nauseous to a vampire. Your blood was
2: able to go once upon a time. Now it cannot. Right. That's kind of cool thought. Least at least to me. (laughs) Uh, but other than things of, uh, of that proto nature, how do I put this?
1: Blood Shintai is what you would do because it's more pertaining to the self more than external, although there are external other ways to use it. Um, and it kind of gets you going for the offensive uh, more than not. But it, they also kind of work to prep. Like, the first three are usually uh, a progression of understanding the self and how you amp yourself up, right? And then the last two are, oh, my God. That's that's how I've seen these levels of parameter for Gidget of the East.
0: Exactly. I was about to say the exact same thing. Like, uh, the way it's kind of built up is it's, it's exactly that. You are learning. In fact, let's let's back it up just a second so that you folks also understand what's the difference between, well, a, a Kweijin, Discipline versus a kindred discipline. Number one, the it states that kindred discipline is based off of Cain's blood, so it's it's a whole bunch of like instinctual things that the beast assists you to be able to be a better hunter, to to be what you have to be, right? Be all you could be when you're kindred. Whereas most of the disciplines, if not all the disciplines that come in, or quote unquote disciplines that come in from the Quajejin side, are all taught. You have to be taught because you don't know it yourself. It's a self discovery. It takes time to be able to get through these. Most of the times, you need mentors to be able to bring you up. What's another difference? Well. Whereas in Western kindred, you're able to go ahead and pump up stats or your attributes by spending blood. Uh, that doesn't happen with uh, Eastern kindred. What, what ends up happening there is that with the Kui Jin have to use these Shintai, these blood, these uh god bodies to be able to know exactly where their chiatumen is to be able to raise a specific stat. So as we're talking about the blood Shintai, um, it attunes to strength. As Bob was saying, it looks very offensive, and with the chiatumen for the blood Shintai is strength itself. So so long as you have uh, the, the access to blood shinte, you'd be able to use your own chi to kind of pump your own attributes up as well.
1: I think I think the terrorizing thing about this is the fact that uh even the mechanics sing to it. Like I I was just uh, remembering flow like blood, uh level three blood shinte. Basically spin a Yang Chi and for the next three turns the vampire may dodge any and all attacks directed at her as though they had a full die pool. In addition to any other action she chooses to take. So, basically, to help you out, the rules at this point are pointing out that if you're a celerity user and you decide to swing on someone, or let's not even do that. Three people show up, they got Uzis, they're going to shoot this person. Inevitably, they're going to get shot. They can't possibly deal with the hail of gunfire brought in, they're they're, they're going to get hit. Full Like Blood is designed for that, right? Because mechanically, they would have to divvy up whatever die they have left if they didn't take an action to dodge each and every one of those bullets, right? Or you would progressively make it harder depending on your choice of how you want to do it. Um, but it's it's near impossible to do. If you had celerity, sure. Provide you had enough celerity, you could dodge whatever attacks are coming, right? Typically, we'll say one, each bullet's its own separate attack and a spray. They get rid of that nonsense. And we'll just say that it's uh three attackers, it's three attacks, we'll leave it at that for ease of understanding right now. So they're coming in to shoot in the room. Instead of you needing three actions or level two celerity, right? So that way your base action can dodge and your two follow-ups can dodge, all wasted now defensively to not get shot, you would have flow-like blood. that's simple. You would, you would activate it and you would be able to dodge all those attacks and still take your attack in the round. This, this makes it strategically badass. And the explanation behind it is, is that you take your chi and you literally infuse your entire body uh, with the chi wherever the blood, uh, bloodstream goes to. In every molecule you have your chi infusing it, and I think that's a cool descriptor right It's like you're you're enhanced to be able to do it to where your body moves in perfect in perfect harmony uh with what you're which what you're dispersing in, and in this place uh, that harmony will probably be the raw aspect of combat and if you can get behind that, that makes it a more dynamic fight or an action, but the effect and description that narrative is so important to hit home it is when this person somehow simply gets around every bullet that gets shot that would have hit them. That's an intimidating fact. The fight could be over with that alone. They gotta reload. Now you stand up. You seem exhausted. Not because they exhaust you, but mentally it's like you gotta deal with these children. What am I dealing with when I'm fighting something like that? <laughs> right? What hellish creature just stepped to do what ancient elder and always everybody makes that assumption. Right? That's all I've ever heard. And crossover games where somebody knows the kindred of the east and they're playing it and then the players normally and normal players will call them you know the average um encounter them they're always like man he took cane why are we fighting people from that this is ridiculous man they all sorts of powers to jump in no 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 these are just if you knew the book you would know they just have better descriptions <laughs> leds up to, to better powers i'd say but of the Shintai dj where i'm a fan of blood um what's your favorite It's funny because uh, blood is
0: also my favorite, but it's also followed by the grossest one, which is also flesh. Um, You know, so I'll go to flesh first and flesh. the two men there is dexterity. And I know that Bob's one of his other favorites happens to be the opposite of flesh. But since we're on flesh, grossest thing about flesh is the fact that it's very yang aspected, right? Flesh, um, one of the things about the, the Shinte is that it aspects itself to one of the five directions. So blood was water uh bone is metal jade is earth flesh is wood and the ghost flame is fire so the the wood aspect of it is flesh especially if you're a big fan of playing fashion dragons and such but with flesh you get to do all the gross things you ever thought you'd be able to do and or heard myths about uh, a lot of what probably happened in the flesh and te, as was mentioned before it comes from the golden courts down in southeast asia uh in what you're probably taking a look at um the stories of the penangulans where the head just detaches from the body itself lungs and everything attached while it just leaves the husk of the core there as it flies away it starts moving flesh does that it allows the ability to extend a limb for you to detach your hand and have it scuttle around as a spy for you to be able to change your your own form as well uh which is really really impressive there um i think the the one thing that caught me i think the the best, I think, is the uh, thousand forms, which is the, the last level or the ultimate level of it, which essentially means you have so much control over your shape. You could literally be anyone physically, It's not a trick of the mind. It's you literally being anyone you want to be, whatever you identify as, whatever you want to manifest yourself as in terms of person. You could be that. Um, you could even sprout wings.
2: Now, I want to point this out. Flesh is jacked. It's, it's genetically jacked. Like if you have it to level three, the world is your oyster
1: why do i say that if you wanted to be violent like like zamissi or you're amateur i'm gonna say you're amateur your vicissitude uh you can get weird and freaky cool i guess somebody's impressed not the people who use flesh in that's they, they learned that the first the first two levels the first two years of class yeah, it was cool to mess around in weird shapes oh look my arms detached it can crawl around my head Ooh, penagelon yeah that's cool lotus cloud now we're getting into the pleasure aspects of that more yang Chi, right? Of understanding what uh, what life's all about, and this is one of the weirdest powers too. It's the ability to just breathe out this vapor that anybody in it becomes giddy and susceptible, and it works like a narcotic, like a drug they never had, right? And uh, makes shapeshifters and mortals very more,
2: um, very much eating out of the palm of their hand. And uh, I, every time I look at that, I'm like, okay, that's that's a must have
1: any situation. I could think of that being useful. No matter what, I don't care what it is. And it's, uh, it's, it's dope. We'll put it that way. It and is. It's, it's versatile, right? Cause we're the first two. Yeah. We're kind of getting in horror, terror and, and utility of crawling around. And you think the next progression is going to be, well, I guess this is, uh, my ability to just disperse into mini me's. No, we give you the cloud. Don't f- <laughs> <laughs> they to that spiritual aspect to more benefit. Uh, don't wait. Level four. Well, when you don't feel like going to the store, you send mini me. You just reach under, pull off your flesh, set it down, and that version of using going to run around, like you said. And uh, like you said, DJ, and I'm like, ah, that's creepy. Right. And then we're back to what I originally started off and saying, where you're limiting yourself to only that power when you only think of that. But what up to that? What leads up to that? And what could you come up with that you could maybe also do?
2: And to me, that's where sky's the limit, right? That's where this gets really fun. And a flesh shinte person gets disturbingly, well, weird. Just weird, but potent nonetheless. Now, I told you I felt a little some type of way about Bone Shintai. Mm-hmm. As an ST, as a player, I've doing this for a long I've never seen a... This seems broken to me. Like, did you get that impression?
1: I, I did, let me just say this. Bone shintai is the it's a metal element, right? We know mm-hmm. it uses stamina as the chi attunement. And it's closely closely tied to yin, right? Practitioners of the bone shintai use it to augment the corpse like features of their bodies. doesn't seem too bad, right? Easy peasy. However, they become awesome and terrible combatants
2: as combatants, as it says here. Um, not to mention, there's a there's a form of uh we'll just get to it corpse skin i could use chi to boost my health levels i guess gain health levels
1: right real simple no big deal you may think but it's up to a max of three chi i can use but each chi gives me two bonus health levels that's a six max bonus health level
2: you only have seven folks so six again added to it all right that's weird at the sacrifice of social die oh no
1: why because i get corpse like skin if I'm about to be fighting, I probably don't really care what I look like. And the worse I look, the better for me, right? So. Yeah, no so one's then. coming out alive.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't think people care what you look like. Though. Right. But what does White Tiger Corpse do? Uh, the White Tiger Corpse. You
0: mean the I'm so pale, I'm translucent, which makes me invisible? Yeah.
1: How yeah, about that, folks? This isn't <laughs> is a trick of the mind. This is I'm invisible. I just, I'll, I'll let that go. I think that's what? At level two, oh yeah, I'm just invisible. I'm just gonna walk around translucent and do what I want. No one sees me. That's the true invisibility. You amateurs, you do uh It's great. But uh I could listen to my iPod, watch a movie, you know, whatever. I'm teasing. But that's that to me seems uh very assassin esque or espionage, you know, usage. Almost definitely. through the roof for it. Um, but bone obedience, say level three again, that that jump is what? They're able to spend sheen, and use their very bones to have horrific effect. Now,
2: typical, they have talons, which mimics wolf claws, strength plus two aggravated damage. All right. How about a bone blade? What, what, Bob? That's right. A sword? Yeah, DJ, how would you like a sword made out of your forearm? That does strength plus three ag, just whenever you like. I, I saw you sniff when it was like, ah, wolf claws, who cares? All right. Sword not enough for you? How about bone armor? Right. You ever found yourself in a position where you wanted to soak aggravated damage, but just didn't want to carry the Kevlar? Or the shield around.
1: <laughs> right? How about on a point for point basis with no limit? You just spend your chi to be able to soak any aggravated damage uh, that's
2: not fire or sunlight. I, I think that's dope, but, but that could just be me. Now, other elements here too. Weird
1: ones, right? You got visage, which allows them to move up or down in height. Uh, you could play with that a bit. I don't know if you ever want to be a giant or be super small. I guess you could do either or, depending. Um, and it works
2: for Disguise, but how about a key to anything? Right? If it has a lock, you have the key because you have your finger that can mold to fit the key perfectly, or the lock perfectly. And that's just a level 3. That level 3 encompasses a
1: bunch of powers. Right? For anything else that's in there, and it's like, oh, it's a manipulate total, total bone
2: control. But even they get their own poison cloud. Right? Their poison cloud does work on everything. It's a 10x10 10 10 cloud that if you're going to
1: go fight this cat, you suffer six dice of ag for the length of time you're, you're in it every round. So it's six ag base that they're going to roll to try to hurt you with just for fighting this person or being near them as a defense mechanism. But I deliberately went through this list to leave DJ the very best. And DJ, every freaking episode, we, I know for a fact we've talked about it. What is the Qing Shin? I don't know how to put it
0: except for to say, like, if we thought the Demon shinte was a horrible thing to to take a look at because the demon was going to go ahead and like there's a possibility to have your body it's a definite manifestation of like uh-oh bad news bears the qi me, like Chi shi one is that plus more because you're in control of it not only do you become this crazed yeah. out uh, appearance zero monster that's just literally uh, hovering and, and looking at you but you extrude spikes razors bony barbs in your body you inflict aggravated damage with any attack, even a body slam or punch. But wait, there's more. Not only can you not just inflict damage upon that which is in the living world, but the spirit world is also under your attack as well. Wraith specters, they best run as well because uh, you could affect them. They could affect you, but you're not even thinking about that because they should be the ones running away from you. And uh, if that wasn't enough, your fangs also drip venom. And if for whatever reason you end up having to um Kill a poor hapless mortal that just opposes you, that mortal comes back as a zombie in your
1: service.
2: But so we got a level five here.
1: That not based on a die roll, right? Frustration of any necromancers having enough of a pool that when you summon your zombu, you're able to make that high roll and get at least three. You always want three or more, you're hoping, right? Now here we have a power that says for the scene, I go into the restaurant, lock both doors, everybody I kill comes back as my zombie. Uh in addition to everything else.
2: I thought that was uh, unique and terrifying. That, that's a rough thing to have to fight. Oh, that is. Oh, And ugh, So there's like no need for
1: higher than level five, but I'll ruin it. There are higher level disciplines uh, for these cats. Um, that's, uh, that's just a given. But since we're doing a clinic and just kind of
2: showcasing what's here, we won't go through absolutely everything, but we cannot go past, um, well, the showstopper. Um
1: and for that I'm gonna let you we're talking about soul disciplines and just real quick, uh Kwaizhen soul disciplines are what you think, right? This is this is spiritual mystical power uh that they get
2: to tap into and use. And we can't even go past it without talking about um well, DJ, I often pick on a saw lot, Right? That's become a thing.
1: Yep. like we start going through this, we're looking at Easter legs, solid this, solid that, and then you stumble
2: upon something. And it's spirit eating. Right. Um, what is spirit eating again? Spirit eating, as it's described, is the ultimate
0: level or penultimate level of the Chima discipline, right? Known as Dragon Tears. With this, you have two options that are kind of given to you. One is if you're in full control of yourself and you're a benevolent creature, and I use that in your quotes once again as well, and your hun's in control and your rational sides trying to assist someone, you could literally pull someone's soul out of their body and bring them into your own and kind of put them in like this timeless void of where you become that therapist. You could help remove derangements. You could reset people's humanities back to base level. You could help heal a person on the inside. On the opposite end of the stove, it could also be used as a demon art and your pull might be a nasty bastard. And at that point, as it pulls the soul in you and your soul is mine on that Chan Sung level, you could give it to your Poe to use as a chew toy and spit it back out to, to give them derangement so they'll never forget that time, that very, very intimate time they had with you. Or you could just eat them outright. Yes, folks, you too can own a soul. Rip it right out. Leave that empty husk and uh, absorb someone else's soul and just destroy it completely and utterly.
1: Now, this spirit eating talks about the fact that there's, there's, there's a lot that, that was intended, right? I mean, they directly, how do I put this? The rumors that the the Salubri had originally was that they were doing this, was it not? It was their ability for them to rip out a soul and eat it. It was it was a big thing. It's in fact all that was uh, that, that was being talked about uh, for for a lot of it. Right? We should know to kill these people because X, Y, and Z, and that's that's not really it. At least not anymore. I should say. Um, that's but that's just where one of the rumors came from. Um, in fact, even the uh, I believe it's Valryn. No, it is Obeah. Obey at a higher level allows you to go through and do something similar. Right, where you're trying to uh, cure a derangement. Make that happen. But even still, they mock this whole process. <laughs> this whole process here is called Dragon Tears, or Chiamun. Or is it Ma? How do you say
2: it, DJ? Chima. Okay. Uh What he said. Um, they, <laughs> they point out here, that there's a special gem that you get that goes onto
1: your forehead, right? And this gem grows in strength as you learn this. And the higher the level, uh, really right around level three, it becomes a full-blown permanent eye in the middle of your forehead. And they out and out mock Zalat because he came here and and learned a bastardized form of it. He stole it. Now, remember, they talk about this guy being the disciple of the Great Zoo, right? And that's yep. uh, that's how it is. He was banished from Zeus' presence and left because he, he corrupted it. It's that simple. His, uh, his Poe couldn't handle it, uh, which were his beasts, as we would say, in the West. And, and Zala had a skedaddle. And he did. He left with what he learned. And so this gives us that, okay, so Obeah is a watered-down form of the dragon's tears in a lot of ways. Kind of highlighting the fact that when you look at it, you know, this uh, with the Dragon's Tears, they talk about purifying someone is in there, or the warding of someone. Dragon Ward specifically reads uh, like a Valryn power, where, you know, the person's will be forms a protective bubble. You can't get anywhere near them, and you can repel them, and it's an Obeah power now, I remember it. Um, the specific one allows them to walk through. Everyone parts the way because they can't get close to them. Uh, this one, Dragon Ward, it's more powerful. It says you're in a battle of will round around round to see if you can even get near them. But if the person who's using the bubble, the dragon ward, gets three or more successes over the person who's trying to come in, they paralyze them for the entire scene. Yes, that's correct. They're completely helpless for the entire scene. Laying there on the ground, can't move, can't defend itself, can't do anything uh, for coming up against it. And again, we come down to the, to, to, the, to the concept. There's many villains or heroes that could be made that have this type of power. Dragonsteer specifically, and a lot of it is based on how you built your Kindred of the East, right? How your Cathayan is meant to function, what your Wu does, and what your character is. So, where what I'm saying is, is where these things are powerful, these levels, DJ, is this not exactly where it comes down to a sort of a player um, storyteller agreement that you're going to make something cool, something fun, that's going to do all the cool things you want to do, but it's without making it comical. Yeah,
0: and one of the things to that i was looking over and uh, as we have this conversation i keep thinking back to like 17 18 year old me who first picked up the book and was like all excited about it and everything i just didn't understand why i was like why wouldn't i take this over this and what this book does is like it also breaks it down by what it breaks it down by discipline groupings because when you take a look at, at the regular vampire the masquerade what you're taking a look at is like all right well all specs all the way through vicissitude But it doesn't give you, like, why the pairings work out the way they do. And here it actually gives you the pairings to give you the idea of what theme you're going for. So you have your shintes, which are your god bodies, and then depending on what aspect you follow, cool, your soul disciplines, we just spoke about. Your chi disciplines, uh, which help you kind of manipulate uh, things around you, such as the tapestry, right? Uh, Which also works as a very, very interesting form of thaumaturgy. But all those, had I paid attention to it when I was younger... I could have made, I could have understood this better. I would have understood thematically where I wanted to go with the character instead of just trying to be the game bro going like, what is this power? Why can I mix it with this? And I think, you know, reading it, there's so much more of an appreciation for it now, knowing that the the book also guides you. Hey, if you're interested in your character going this way, read under this and and it'll help you build the character you want to play. Hopefully, if you're trying to tell a story over thinking like these disciplines are
1: great. (laughs) It's very true. And uh, that's that's sort of the lesson to take away from this. Right. Um, But that's I don't know. I can't put any better than the disciplines are cool. They are mystical. They're definitely unique. And uh, I promise you, you haven't read about them anywhere else uh, than this book. The aspect of tailoring your character to something. Well, unique snowflake. If you're looking for that, that's where this is about. Um, Do they have rights? Yes, there are mystical rights. And DJ, you mentioned tapestry, which triggered something to touch on. We talk about their ability to sidestep. It's not innate. It's harder for them to do, but they can do it by finding these dragon lines, right? These quote-unquote ley lines. They find these spiritual lines, but now they have to know how to use them. And tapestry gives you an idea of how to use the power on the ley line, but their rights allow you to actually manipulate the ley line itself. And to, you know, we can weaken it. You can know a point of 1B, crossing over, which is a big one to do it. Uh, whereas tapestry fits like hand and glove. DJ, you pointed this out. And uh, I was a little like, well, does it really? Yeah, it does. Literally, I believe it's level three tapestry it allows them to teleport up and down a dragon line. So, but the, the there's a right where it's very basic. They can go up to a, a ley line and know where it, where it ends. I know where this goes. Well, if you have that level three tapestry power, you can travel it instantly. You turn to energy and travel down it and appear wherever it is. It doesn't matter what city. You know, subject to range, obviously, but that's that's it uh, for for that uh, that that power. But that power is powerful enough, right? Instant transportation is awesome. However, as cool as that is, there is some common things in here that we can all understand. If we lost you with the discipline talker, you were like, "Yeah, well, that's one reason." Blah blah blah. I can't get behind that. Everyone understands martial arts. Can we agree with that? Yes. It is part of everyone's culture at this point. It's everywhere. You can't escape. And MMA has ripped open that door completely uh, for everyone understanding what's going on. And to this end, I've heard nothing but smack talk about how broken the martial arts are. We don't use the martial arts rules uh, because it it just messes up, blah, 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 blah. It, It doesn't mess up anything, folks. It's just either people know how to use it or they're afraid of it. Or they don't know how to describe it. And those can be elements that can get in the way. Uh, But it takes a little reading. Not even much of it. And the internet makes it so much easier uh, to do it. I'm not saying that this is necessarily going to make it in your update for the rules nowadays. I certainly would still use it. I'm not against it. Um, But I would need a convincing and compelling reason as to why someone needs it. Compared to what's available now in the update. I do personally feel the updated material in V20. You could still use the maneuvers that are mentioned in here. You would just have to adjust the mechanic. And maybe not even that much. So uh, to get down to it, martial arts here, to make it more interesting, they tell you that it's an ability. You can learn it, right? No big deal. But it's broken down into hard styles and soft styles. And before you wonder if it's a hard or a soft style, basically here it is. If it is an offensive punches and kicks dominant martial art that you're looking at, that's a hard style. If there are more throws and defenses and whatnot, um, like uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Jiu-Jitsu period, that could be considered a hard, or excuse me, a soft style. However, Akita would be more of a soft style versus those. Although Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu absolutely could be used uh, with some kicks and punches to your taste. And it depends on what style you're, you're learning. But it opens up this much, the door, for you to research it and you and your story to have something cool and unique about you that establishes why you fight the way you do the martial art you carry for the warrior you made for the practitioner you have actually tells a lot about that person's personality, discipline and way of life because martial arts is not something you just learn and walk away, not changed by it. Would you agree DJ?
0: I do because, you know, originally you say to yourself, well, do we really need martial arts because it's in an Eastern setting? No, you do not need martial arts because it's an Eastern setting. But if you've been reading this book, And you could get the inference that the authors were trying to put in here. It's in there because it replaces brawl talent. And it does so because you also remember that your Chimei at one point has to come under a certain level of discipline. And even as they're going through their Koa and then they go on to their Rei, which is like the, the year where they start learning how to speak to their ancestors, how to speak to their elders, and how to control themselves, martial arts is a discipline in and of itself. They're being taught how to be able to control and fight to purpose as well as defend, but also figure out themselves. A lot of this book, and Bob and I were talking about it a, a little bit before, is it's all about improving your character, right? So at the very least, even as demonic as you may or may not be, it's about your self-improvement is the focus. You're on a dharmic path. What Everything from the way you speak to the way you act, to the way you train, to the way you exercise, and in this case, martial arts, and to the way that combat is is all in favor thematically for where your character wants to go so i think having martial arts in here is perfectly fine it's awesome um, to be honest and it definitely fits the setting
1: it's a it's a wild system with a lot of options and i know for people who are if you want your cane bros to grow you need to meet them in the middle and how you do that is is that you get this book you get them into the combat section you have them looking at the martial arts you tell them you're a martial arts, great why don't you go to this section slow down read it and tell me where you're at and they're going to think to yourself, well, this is, uh, well, they're, they're going to need your help because suddenly we're in a system that doesn't immediately give way for them to run all over and be dominant. It just doesn't right. They have varying, uh, what a strike is to somebody who's a soft pratich- practitioner is going to be different and more difficult than somebody who has a hard style, right? A kickboxer's kick is going to be more devastating than a Brazilian, Brazilian jitsus uh, lying on their back, just standard heel kick, right? I'm trying to get my opponent distracted to set them up for me to get a different hold or to break their hold and, or whatever it is. Right. And so it's, it's more hard for them. So they get it as six. Whereas the kickboxer gets as a five, for instance, and where that's different. um, We'll just say over and all, that is how the system plays around with the logic is you to figure out why that might be a different setting or difficulty to execute that maneuver than another, and it's going to come down to where, where they chose their style to be, soft or hard, right? They got throws that are typical in here, and they throw that in, which I enjoy, because it's possible for you to play a defensive character um, that is another badass. If I say Steven Seagal and you think of uh, a weird old cop walking around uh, <laughs> New Orleans who uh, has his own reputation, you're not far from the mark. Uh, but if you've seen him in the movies and the couple that he's had, um, you watch Akito in action, and Akito is it's pretty good. Definitely defensive, and uh, it can it can jack you up without them ever hitting you with a punch.
2: It's it's possible. Um, Judo can do the same thing, um, but there's all sorts of moves in here. I mean, tons. You
1: want that martial arts feel? I'm playing a Shaolin monk. I want my style to be uh, mantis style, but there's not really mantis maneuvers. Nay, nay. They have something called mantis strike, right? And you read through that to know what it is. Um, withering grasp is an interesting technique. Uh the dim mock is thrown in, you know what I mean? Uh joint locks, blows to pressure points, all sorts of things are in here to enhance and make the combat more dynamic for your character. Why do you need combat dynamic? Well, that's because you're not in a soap opera solely. I don't care what game you're playing, um, whether you were in the halls of Elysium or you're in the you're at the moot listening to your elders, somewhere down the line there's gonna be combat you're gonna run into. That's the nature of the game. Done on purpose to spice things up. Well, sometimes you don't want to sit there and hear, yeah, I'm just going to attack them. How many times have you heard that, DJ?
0: It's sadly, sadly, all the time. It's like, all you get is like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to attack him. Would you care to
1: tell us how? I, I don't know. I I guess uh, I'm just going to throw punches. All right. Where that's okay. Understand the storyteller right there is like, or is this combat? You don't want a description. You want to, you know what I mean? You're trying to gauge the player at that point. Do you like action films? Is that your thing? And this is stuff you might have asked at the beginning, and the player said, yeah, I love action films. But now it's just kind of, well, you have four dots of bra on your sheet with a special in karate, and you're telling me you're going to run up and just get them? you going to tickle them? you get you. You know, tickle, ancient technique. I don't know. Um, this book tells you, well, let's have the players think about it a bit. Why? Because if someone says, I'm taking martial arts, and I'm taking Kapoea, and I'm looking it
2: up, and I know what it is. Badass. Then let's get you the stuff that you have that you can execute you know you can in character. That style speaks of who you are.
1: It's part of who you are. It should be. And I think that's cool. That's all I'm saying. And it's in here for that.
2: Um, finally, because that's more than enough on martial arts. I am a fan of martial arts in all games, but ultimately, this is about the uniqueness we have for Kindred of the East. So mm-hmm. let's look at a horoscope a unique background, wouldn't you say? It definitely is. It's probably the first
0: time you ever see anything like this offhand or at least it was the first time I ever saw anything like this where there's a certain level of um of i, I wouldn't want to say unique randomness, but there is certain things about it, like for example, the horoscope really plays up to your character's background and it gives you that that. That varying degree of something might just go your way, much in the same way that everyone rejoices whenever you, you score a natural 10 and, and it helps towards like bonus successes or everyone likes to stay away from a one and you're like, oh, no, a botch is coming on your way. It, it plays upon a player's anticipation of maybe these numbers do mean something and it gave it a mechanical purpose to it um, and how it shows up here is through the background horoscope. Um, the short version of it is once per story you may reroll. rather you may roll a number of dice equal to your horoscope rating for each result that corresponds to either your dharma which was given the specific number you could see that there um and or your directions lucky number so your north is, is assigned to the six west nine center five east eight south seven um devil tiger in all total combination of ten five dharmas five directions so one through ten each has a number given to them but every time you score one of those you gain extra and automatic
2: success on the action you just attempt how badass would it be in that one scene where you're like I gotta
0: make it across I'm probably crippled and or I'm running away from the big bad because sometimes being proud is too much of a thing but I gotta make it through to the other side of the spirit realm and I may or may not be able to do it you're not sure if you have dice for it but you do have the horoscope and maybe your ancestors maybe your your very existence finally comes into play go ahead Bob roll them dice and it shows up in your favor
1: it's it's a weird mechanic that i love
0: <laughs> it's good just because we're, we're stunned just looking upon it and as i like, guess we're looking upon it i could see bob's eyes glowing just as much of mine like we have the scenes in our head of like when it does happen it'll be awesome and taking it as a background is is never lost because it does generate excitement from your players like i would be excited to be like bob i'm not sure if today's my day would you mind if i go ahead and make that horoscope roll all right nope wasn't in your favor today well maybe
1: it was an auspicious day maybe later maybe another day. it's just fun it's just good old-fashioned fun when it comes to that and uh a badass part of this game in the in the system i um, mean that actually ramps up uh well it ramps down i should say comes comes to an end for uh what we have here in Kindred of the east the the base book at least um for what we have going on and uh that's because we're gonna get into a whole bigger section uh with the next book right um believe then we got that player's guide, right?
0: Yep, we do have the companion. In fact, uh, one of the things that we want to definitely say, folks, is we, we're we presenting the book as we understood it, and especially for those of you listeners who only have the core book, right, and are just looking at the core book in general. This is everything you kind of need to know for the core book itself. There are a couple of things in the back of the book that deal specifically with things that we've kind of approached at the beginning of our, of our uh, narrative here to let you know how they feed, how they don't feed, what it's used for. Those inferences are towards the back of the book. You get your enemies, you get your settings as well. Um, and those we kind of also touched upon of what you'd kind of expect. But of course, you know, that's that's more for you to kind of take a look to see where you want to hold your game, so that's why we didn't focus upon it. Um, moving on to our next one, which is going to be the companion, that's going to be even deeper because we'll be reviewing it from those eyes, refreshed and looking at it from a revised perspective. So that's going to be a whole new bag of tricks.
1: Now, you're also going to run into the Henge Okai uh, section in here, too, that is, has its own entire other book uh that we're we're gonna get to in the course of uh obviously reviewing it from the werewolf side of things. Um we'll get to that book and we'll go more in depth with it. Uh you'll encounter it here in Kindred of the East as we go through and deep dive. Um only in this section. Um it'll tell you about them here a bit kind of wet your whistle but again a lot of this stuff changes uh for the Hangiokai and uh that's uh that's there. Uh just for the a very fast rundown, uh the Kindred of the East are not the only things over there that of course are Eastern right? You also have the shapeshifters and they have their own style of the way things are done there. And the hanging yokai will kind of put you on the straight and narrow for that, at least so much as they presented to you in this book. And they make good antagonists and uh, or could even be mentors, depending on where you stack up in, um, with them in your game. And it's perfectly viable with the way they have the whole um, approach to the woos and, well, the dharmas that you're following. And um, it's respectable, I might say. So to that end, look forward to that that's in there too for you to enjoy. Um, but with that, that is uh everything on this journey that we've gone through with the deep dive. Um, we also want to thank you for being patient. We understand that the book kind of went over several episodes, kind of laying home certain themes and uh in an attempt to only take up an hour, uh on purpose naturally. It's uh so we can uh, all hopefully come to agree to a certain uh perspective. We looked at it again, we saw it again, it went in depth, and hopefully a lot of our ideas line up with what you got too uh that this is in my opinion uh, a fantastic game to explore and add in the world of darkness. What do you think DJ?
0: It's it's definitely one of my favorites. If not the uh, top 2. Top 2. always love the first one. First one is definitely Vampire because that's uh you know that's who I took to the ball, that's who I'm going to dance with, but this was definitely the second. I fell in love with it the first time I picked up the book and uh reading it more and uh going through this with you and you listeners as well has been a, a joy. It brings it back down. It rather brings it back up the uh, the level of excitement I felt before.
1: You got it. And folks, just remember, like we said, this is a uh, deep dives open to the public here for this first one for Kindred the East main book. As I cho- chewed on that word, Kindred of the East main book. And uh, that's why it was so in-depth. That's how deep we plan on going uh, with uh, the rest of the book series. Uh, then we're going to continue in for our patrons. Uh, we have, uh, obviously, here in the podcast, Interatro. You can uh, pick up order, catch us and find us there. Um, but it is based on popularity. We get enough people that really want to listen to and patrons included, throw that up there and say, nah, like we really like where it is. That could sway it. Uh, But we need to hear from you feedback and feed forward, help everything and what we choose to do. And uh, of course, what we bring to you. Thanks for listening. And uh, we hope to see you next time, either on the other side or with uh, 25 years. Thank you. Take it easy. folks. Thank you for listening to our 25 years of vampire, the masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, Please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM, at our email, info at 25 YearsVTM.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25 YearsVTM, or on our website, www.25 yearsvtm.com. If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade.